Hey there. Thanks for checking out this episode of H&M Live. Your support is always greatly appreciated as I'm always striving to provide content that enlightens, entertains, and educates. Look, I've just enabled supporter functionality on the podcast, so click the link in the show description and any support that you provide will be greatly appreciated. Be well. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Technology Forum. Uh, we're guys, we spend our days positioning, delivering enterprise technical solutions, so we figured better to talk to you and share our thoughts and recommendations about those topics. I've got the whole cast today. Clayton, welcome to the show, sir. You missed Thanks. We missed it last time. Thank you, James. Well, hopefully I can make up for it today. You've got all the action items. Right. So every everything that's on the agenda today, sir, you're you're gonna have to give your in-depth analysis. Maybe even do a whiteboard. Right. Uh, do, do something like that if you've forgotten how to do that, right? <laughs> I'd Yvonne, have to find Dave, my how are you, sir? Doing good, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> doing well, doing well. So uh busy day today, right? In the well, in the world of consumer technology, it's definitely a, a busy day. I know I know we typically focus on enterprise technology, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at the end of the at the end of the hour talk a little bit about what happened with Amazon and what happened with Apple and Target. Uh, I mean, those those three big giants actually have their deal days and had their events today, launching products and launching services. But I, w- I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking to you guys about your recommendations, your thoughts around some technologies that you use at home. Uh, one being home automation. Right? What are you using? for security, HVAC, lighting, things of that nature. Um, I know I, I've got a conglomeration of products that, that I use, and, and I've got it working somewhat uh, somewhat effectively for me, but I, I would love to hear what, what you guys are also using, and if you're doing something like that. Mr. Yarn, so let me, let's start with you. Okay, we're going to throw you, we're going to throw you right, right out there first and foremost. All right. Since we're talking about home security, you have passed my home address to everybody, right? So I don't have to worry Pretty about much. that. All right. Good. Yeah. So I've got a smattering of different things that have evolved over the years. And, you know, I'll talk a little bit about history of how I got to where I am today. Uh, so I bought into the Iris platform many years ago, which was backed by Lowe's. And I thought, hey, you know, with the company like Lowe's behind it, it's it's going to be around for a while uh, because this would have been probably back around 2000. 12 2013 somewhere around that time frame so very early into the home automation smart home stuff and uh i built out an entire system with that from from hvac to home security to cameras and then lowe's killed it and uh (laughs) yeah so i was like well so much for that logic that it's going to be around for a while Uh, but lowe's did a really great thing where they bought everything back at retail price 
So I got a check for like fourteen hundred dollars uh, when they discontinued oh. the service. Uh, so that was uh, when I was had to go and restart from scratch, right? And that's when I decided that uh, I think the the Google system or Amazon were probably my top two choices that I considered for home automation. And I I ultimately decided to go the the Google route. Um, and even though it was more expensive, and uh, I don't know if I have a good reason for going Google, but I, I, I did, and I've got a whole smattering of Google now. So uh, I've got the the Home Hub uh, that controls my home security, right, from the door mm-hmm. and window sensors, the fire alarms, carbon monoxide detectors, uh, the front door lock, uh, and HVAC controls, right? So that's primarily what I've got going on there. Um, and also... Um, a small suite of Nest cameras as well. So I think uh, I I own one of every single Nest product that they offer except the indoor cameras now. (laughs) So, and, and, and I, I love them. The biggest downside to them is they are expensive to to buy into. Um, But, but everything I've bought has been like physically solid. It's a good quality built product. The app works, the service works. I've, I've had very few issues with it. Um, the other thing that I like is I have the Google Home uh, hubs around so I can do all the voice c- controls to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, arm my alarm or make sure the front door is locked, things like that. Uh, but it also allows me to integrate in all those other smaller systems that I have. So I have like the Aki outlets, uh, bought those because they're, you know, like 14 bucks for a pair of two on Amazon, right? So I can control lamps and things like that. Um I also have a lot of Leviton smart switches around so I can replace the light switches that are physically in the wall to control uh, my existing lighting. Um, and then I also have the Logitech Harmony Hub. So I was t- talking wow. to Dave, Dave about this before that I can go down or my, I really did this for my, my kids, right? So they can go down into the home theater setup and they can just say, play Xbox One and it powers on the projector, it sets the input for them, it turns on the Xbox, they're ready to go. They don't have to remember anything. Um, so it works pretty well f- for them, and you can give it any number of different commands from watch Netflix to whatever. Yeah. Same thing with the the routines, right? So I can I can tell it that I'm going tonight, and uh, it, it turns off all the lights, it locks the front doors, it turns on the security alarm, all that fun stuff and make sure that the garage door is closed because I don't need to be woken up by the police again at two o'clock in the morning because my garage door is open. Oh, so but that's, it's nice that they do yeah, that. Yeah, you catch that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, you can't just slide over that, right? You know? <laughs> There's a story there. <laughs> well, yeah, it was just, you always wonder what the heck's going on when you look at your Nest doorbell camera and you're like, There's a cop on my porch <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning. Luckily, yeah, it was just the garage door, but uh, that's when I was like, Well, I need to set up a rule that says, you know, if it's past, you know, one o'clock in the morning and the door is still open, I'm probably not using it. So go ahead and close it. Um, so, yeah, I, I generally love it. Uh, the biggest problem with it, though, um, outside of the cost just to buy into all of it uh, is when something doesn't work right. You're pretty much relegated down to a Google form or something, right? You're going to post on Reddit or whatever okay. your preferred uh, place is, right? And you just got to hope that they're going to they're going to support it or that somebody's going to know the the answer to it so like a problem i'm having now is we use the broadcast feature to as an intercom uh between everybody in the family and for some reason when one of my sons broadcast it pops up and it says it's broadcasting but it never plays the message and it only happens to him you know it's like so i you know i'm afraid afraid if i opened up a case with google they're going to be like uh post on the forums or something right so i did post on the forums like friday and nobody's responded. 
Um, but on the flip side, um, I had my front door replaced last fall and the contractors took a power drill to the terminals on the back of the nest doorbell. Well, of course it stripped the, the threads off and I couldn't reinstall it. Yeah. So, so I contacted nest to see if they could give me a replacement backing plate or something. And, um, you know, I was I was willing to buy one, or the contractor was going to pay for it. But no, they're like they just shipped me a completely brand new doorbell, and I was like, like we we broke it, right? It's like that shouldn't be a warranty thing. So the support that I have gotten has been absolutely phenomenal. That they would just re- replace something that was was broken. So yeah, well, you start with saying you got a fourteen hundred dollar check from Lowe's, and now yep. you're saying Ness is sending you free product. I have a question <laughs> about you though, I mean, because you mentioned a lot of. A lot of manufacturers, right? Google, mm-hmm. uh, Levitron, Nasdaq. Do you have any concern about not standardizing on one particular OEM manufacturer and having different technologies in the house? Yeah, it, it was always my goal to have a single one, which is kind of why I bought into Nest to begin with. But the Nest ecosystem is fairly limited. So the, the products that I have that are outside of of that are only things that weren't supported in the Nest family. But that's the good thing about the Google Home app that actually allows me to pull all this in together and I can control it all in a single app as if it was a single uh, yeah. family of products. So that's uh, so yeah, the, the, there's a, it's called uh, works with Google, I think is the name of the program. And that's how you can go in there and check uh, to make sure that these, these off the wall manufacturers like Aki actually work and integrate in with, with, with Google Home. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Dave, what about you, sir? What do you, what, now, I, I probably should have, we should have saved you for last because you've got an, an elaborate system from what I what the rumor mill is saying. But I, I would love to hear how how the uh, Lombardi estates are. are I, I, I'm sorry, I should stop calling it that. But. <laughs> Go ahead. It makes my wife feel great. So <laughs> Just means I got to work a lot more. Pretty much. Um, yeah, so the intention that I went through it was um, my first priority was I wanted to make life simple. That's the whole reason for automation is simplify life. I don't want to touch things anymore. I don't want to you know hit a light switch. I don't have to worry about the kids leaving lights on, that sort of stuff. So that was kind of my approach is, is let's look at that. How can I make life simpler? Um, and I actually ran into I wanted to have everything in a single ecosystem but there's so many limitations that you run into. There's no perfect ecosystem that has everything. So I thought, okay, why don't I see what's the, what's the best, you know, security cameras for me? What's the best uh, smart home locks? What's the best lighting? And I started going down that route and I realized there isn't one ecosystem for it uh, or one vendor. So from there, I just started going, okay, I'll get the best of what works for me for each of those. And I'll try to piecemeal them together and hopefully you know, at the end of the day, have, have a good uh, result. And so my journey was going with, um, you know, everything from, you know, smart lighting, very similar to Clayton. I went with uh, Lutron for the in-wall lighting. So if I already have lighting set up or ceiling fans, that sort of stuff, I just put Lutron uh, controllers into there and it goes to a hub. So then I can set up all my scheduling. And the way I do it is, uh, you know, I schedule everything from whether it's a, um, for some things, I set it for a time of day. Uh, like as an example, every night at eight o'clock, my uh, my lighting underneath my uh, cabinets in my kitchen go on. But there's other right. lighting that's all based on you know ten minutes after dusk or you know whatever. So it you know evolves with that time. 
So I did that and then um, went with some LED lighting that I really like. I really prefer the LifeX. So that was kind of another example is you look at a lot of stuff that's out in the market. There was really good, you know, things out there. You've got Philips Hue. You know, there's other things that were out there that were definitely more mature. But LifeX had higher uh, lumens, so I could get a lot more light output. It just seemed to work a little bit better. So I went with that route. Uh, so just kind of a rundown. I've got, you know, uh, a lot of different things from lighting. So I've got LifeX LED lighting all throughout the house. I've got the Lutron um, for in-wall controllers as well as connecting to lamps. So it'll connect to a little lamp controller. So that's kind of set up for lighting. I've got smart home locks. I've got MyQ for the garage doors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got uh, smart home locks all throughout. I've got, uh, you know, HVAC, Echobee. So I've got that. Um, that, So that's a good example of, you know, obviously Nest is, you know, definitely considered one of the top things. But what I didn't like was the fact that it adjusts everything. I want to be able to control it exactly like how I wanted to control it and have a bunch of different schedules. Only Echobee could... I've got some stories about that, that uh, (laughs) I thought something was wrong with my HVAC because of the way it was behaving. So I control it completely by myself. I don't... Plus, it's it's built with the logic that you you leave, right? And in this COVID world, nobody's leaving, so right. all that smarts doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense these days. Yeah, but you know, like with Echo B, so I was looking at something as simple as, and this is every technology that I look at. I would go, okay, I wanted to do this, wanted to do X, and I started looking at the the details on it, and I realized it can't do X. It can do a little bit yeah. of that. So, yeah. as an example, I want to have five different schedules for HVAC. You can't do that with a lot of these other vendors. They'll, they'll give you four schedules max. So Ekebi, you know, gave me that ability to, to have as many schedules as I want throughout the day. So I can have it go on and off and change different temperatures. I was doing time of use um, there for a while. So, you know, I've got that. I've got Arlo for the, uh, the smart home uh, security system or the cameras. That worked out great for me because I didn't want to wire up everything. I really like some of the other camera systems but I didn't want to wire it up. I didn't want to have power. I didn't want to have ethernet. So, you know, this worked out. So it was a lot of that sort of thing, but what you run into is how do you bring all that together and make it simple? If my goal was to make life simple, how do I do that? And I found, I haven't found the perfect uh, way to do that. So I've got smart things as a hub. Uh, I also leverage Amazon for the routines um, and Clayton, cover your ears for a second. I use Apple home, you know, for some other stuff or shortcuts. So uh, you can take the earmuffs back off now, Clayton. Um, So, (laughs) um, but we've, uh, you know, so I've got a lot of different things that are working, but it can be a pain. Now as technologists, it also can be a little bit of fun because you're kind of going through, you can script as much as you want. You can, you know, definitely get into, you know, IFTTT, do a lot of different stuff, but at the same time, I don't want to necessarily feel that, but uh, it's funny. It's interesting how people just take this stuff for granted. So I got all this stuff set up at home, security, lighting, it's doing everything that we want. Nobody touches anything. We've got harmony now for the the home theater. So like Clayton said, you just say, Hey, you know, I want to watch a movie, dims the lights down, turns the thing, yeah. you know, turns the TV on all the inputs and all that good stuff. And I showed my wife and my kids, you know, I was excited. I'm like, hey, check this out. This is like, you know, next level stuff, right? <laughs> and uh, this is like stuff you see on movies. What do you guys think? And they're like, oh, that's all right, yeah. Dad. 
Yeah. Where's the power button? All, all I want is the power <laughs> button. How do you turn it? <laughs> no, they don't even want the power button. She's like, oh, that was nice for you, Dad. Yeah, that's, you know, whatever. Oh. So um, it made me sad. But here's the thing. So I don't know about you guys, but when you tell family members stuff and they seem like disinterested, my wife, as an example, tells everybody about it. So I caught her on the phone like the next day or, you know, telling, you know, her family or friends, oh, you got to see what we can do at our house. We can do this and that. <laughs> really? You couldn't give me just a little bit of that. But anyway, so those are the, you know, the big things. Obviously, I got everything wrapped around ubiquity, unified networking. Um, but yeah, it's for me, it's it's worked out. So I can have every single device do what I want it to do. But I am looking for that um, that simplicity and if you think about it, when we talk about even enterprise technology to user experience, I have yet right. to find any company that has nailed that, that you can do everything from automation routines all in a single place and platform. But uh, we're getting there. It's getting better. Yeah. Now, but see, you, you talk about the ubiquity piece, right? And I think the majority of folks don't have it to that level to where they have separate networks running for the home. Maybe they do. All right. But but talk a little bit about that, because you've got like a, a management console or an environment that you can log on and see throughput and utilization as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, some of these home automation devices. So I have Sonos as well all throughout yeah. the house for uh, audio and it has its own network. If you wanted to do it, that takes it off of your, your standard networking. Right. So I highly recommend if you have an opportunity to have devices that have their own networking, that you do that. But yeah, so for the Ubiquity Unify setup is uh, everything I can see, everything I need. I can do quality of service. So for those that aren't familiar with that, that's the ability to, you know, take what your kids are doing or, or home automation. You don't have to take over too much of your networking um, bandwidth. So, you know, especially now with everybody at home due to COVID, you're stuck sometimes. And, you know, we're, we're exceeding that. So you can. I, I don't I don't have that issue with Google Fiber. I'm just kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. With your. <laughs> there See, there are those statements that will get you removed from the video stream. <laughs> <laughs> that, that doubting Thomas, but that's OK. We can talk about the, 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 the two gigabit plan when I become a, a beta tester for that. So I will I will gladly talk about that one. So there you go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I tell you what, before we go to Yvonne, I've got a question up for, for you, Clayton and Dave. Talked about cameras in the house or cameras at the house. Do you have cameras inside as well, or is it just outside in the perimeter? So uh, I have Nest cameras for the outdoor ones. So I, I, I have two the Nest Pro IQ cameras, and then I have the Nest Doorbell camera. Uh, which I was very reluctant to get the Nest doorbell camera because we already, at the time, I had four outdoor cameras connected to an, a network video recorder, and I was like, I you know I don't need anything more than that. But uh, the the intelligence that's built into the the Nest doorbell camera that allows you to do like facial recognition, it will tell you when a package was dropped off or if a package was picked up, you know, and then being able to quickly identify those sections on your timeline right and play them back uh was was pretty awesome so that's uh once we finally got that i'm like okay i'm, I'm kind of sold and i okay. tore i tore out the old system and i sold it on facebook marketplace about six months ago Done. yeah Done. i think where you're yeah where you're going out james is uh so i personally don't have cameras inside the house running all the time yeah. it is a little bit of a security thing for me um yeah. i think we were all talking earlier you know where whether you got devices listening in to, to you, we know that sometimes it's accidentally turned on or whatever. So uh, as a rule, I try not to have that, but um, I do have some wise cameras 
they're cheap and inexpensive. So there's occasionally that we'll use it. I've got a, a grandson now it's about to turn one this weekend. So we'll use that when he's around, you know, just to be careful and make sure we're monitoring him. Um, and maybe for another time, we'll talk about this, but I have a travel router that I take with uh, wise, obviously not with COVID, but we all travel throughout, you know, our careers and, Right. I would set it up in the hotel and I can't tell you how many times I caught hotel staff going into the room and doing stuff they weren't supposed to. So I'd have a little conversation two minutes after. Yeah. I'm that guy. <laughs> Busted. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a whole other topic. That's a great discussion. And so what you said about your grandson is timely and relevant. I'm not sure if you heard the story this past week of Joe Montana's grandson was at their house Joe Montana and his wife were upstairs. Someone in the neighborhood came into their house, tried to abduct their grandson. His wife heard all of the noise and, you know, there was a scuffle and all. And she, the lady was eventually arrested. But, but again, th- those kinds of things, that's where they make sense. Again, I, I don't, I don't have cameras inside the house just for, I think that's slightly weird, slightly creepy, but, uh, but that particular type of a situation would, would be very beneficial and very helpful. We, we do have some indoor cameras too. We, we bought the, uh, the Yi cameras. I think it's how you say it. it's a Y I. Uh, so very, very comparable to the wise cameras. Uh, but okay. the main, the rain, the main reason we bought them was because we have two kids and we needed a third party that could be neutral and tell us what really <laughs> happened. And so <laughs> who, broke, who broke this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But then, um, my neighbor actually ended up borrowing one of them because uh, one of their like 17 cats was peeing in the house. So that was their other use case. They wanted to figure out which cat was peeing in their house. So they set up at that camera and yeah, so there you go. There's a couple of use cases for you. Now we need to hear from Yvonne, but I will say I, with my, my cameras, my kids didn't know I didn't have cameras in the house. So when they were younger, you know, something would happen. And I go, Hey, listen, do I need to go to the, do I need to check the tape? <laughs> oh no, 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 no. This is what happened. Little they know there were no cameras there. Hopefully they're not watching. That's up. Man. Well, you know, <laughs> we're, we're streaming on Twitch too, so you, you never know. That that's where the youngsters are watching. Right. Yvonne, talk to us there. What's what's going on in in your in your abode? Yeah, before I jump to my setup, I'm going to ask uh, Dave to send me the link to that camera because it's uh, I think it's very very useful, especially when my friend, uh, my close friend, last year he told me that he was uh, basically mugged in uh, in Portugal. Um, so somebody got into uh, the house where he and the other family was staying, uh, and apparently they were gassed. They were gassed and they were asleep. And my friend, he is a professional wrestler, so uh, you don't you don't go there and rob, uh, you know, someone that you don't know uh, unless you are sure that he won't wake up. Right, and the guy who was uh, he was staying with, he is also in. Uh, kind of private security so you don't want to mess around with those guys so you need to absolutely be sure that these guys are asleep so apparently someone uh guessed them and uh someone went inside they had a camera camera outside so they saw the guy um he spent about 30 minutes and he actually went to the kids room as well uh so he searched the kids room and the only way they realized that the wallets were stuck um in front of the uh in front of the door so they woke up and they just saw a stack of wallets. So apparently they went through the wallets. They didn't find anything. Uh, yeah. But that, that was the, uh, if you guys are watching, uh, if anyone of you are watching Top Gear, Richard Hammond, one of the uh, British hosts, was mugged the same way, I believe, in Italy. So apparently there is some kind of gas and uh, uh, doctors say there's a very thin margin to life and death. 
in these cases. Uh, so in these cases, I think the, that camera would definitely help. So I want to have uh, one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you need two of those, buddy. Uh, we can't have you <laughs> getting gas. No. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, going to my setup, uh, as probably everybody else, I was first introduced to smart devices by Nest, which I had in my condo in Canada. And uh, in Canada, something like a thermostat is really important because outside you have like negative 20s or 30s, right? And then uh, you have to keep good temperature inside. Or if you want to spend money, you have to have geofencing that would warm up the house when you're getting home from work, stuff like that. So I bought Nest and realized that Nest doesn't have geofencing, right? And it didn't have many other features that I wanted because I'm uh, in the Apple camp and it didn't support Siri at that time. I'm sure it does support it now, but uh, before it didn't. So I was like, okay, so I just invested into one piece of technology and I can't even use it the way I want. And that's where it was I, I discovered the uh, awesome app platform called If This Then That. Uh, yes. So if you search for If TTT on uh, uh, your favorite uh, application store, you'll find it. And if you don't know it, it's uh, acting like a glue uh, between different devices or even things like Twitter or email. So you can send email basically to your system that, and it will do invoke some kind of action on uh, your smart devices, right? So, and since that, I, um, I never tried to standardize because I knew if this platform supports if this and that, I can buy it and I can select my vendor and I can select every uh, like commodity or uh, like Dave said, uh, wise camera. I also have wise cameras, right? Uh, so I can select pretty much cheap stuff, uh, off the shelf stuff and uh, uh, glue it together in a way I want. So speaking of my setup, currently I have uh, smart lights um, and I like devices that do not require a hub. Uh, so I bought um, a uh, smart bulbs that are uh, made by uh, Wiz, company, a company called WIZ, uh, Wiz, and they were actually bought by Philips. So Philips Hue is, uh, was originally Philips brand, but uh, this Wiz uh, vendor, they were just bought by Philips, and they still have this line. It's on Amazon. Uh, it's incredibly cheap. It works with iPhone. Uh, I'm not sure if it works with if this and that, but that's enough for me. My use case was just to change color temperature through the day, uh, because apparently uh, you can actually Google this uh, study, so uh, it really screws up your uh, uh, your uh, um, your hormones if uh, the temperature is not right. And in many cases, so they are just now discovering that for women, actually, it can lead to uh, like breast cancer. So. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, so it's really important, and uh, my use case for that was automatically change the temperature. I didn't care uh, about uh, turn the lights on and off automatically, but I cared about how uh, the your natural rhythm would uh, uh, would benefit from uh, automatically changing the color temperature. And this uh, with bulbs, they they actually do it so uh, by by themselves. And you can change those reasons. So I highly recommend checking out the smart bulbs because it can do, uh, it can be very beneficial for your health. Uh, so there is that. I also have a smart lock, which is uh, probably like seven years old. It never works as I want. Um, I need to change it. Uh, so I have that. 
I have wife cameras that are incredibly cheap, like 20 bucks. I bought it for, uh, for babysitting, uh, basically when I, uh, when I'm on another floor. And they actually now have person detection and they're working on, um, uh, working on, uh, uh, same things as Google does, like parcel delivery, for example. And they have a, a case that, uh, you can, uh, uh, you can screw them outside the house and, uh, uh, basically the all weather case as well. It's like 20 to $30. I believe $30 version has, uh, uh, the, uh, um, uh, it turns around and it zooms in very advanced camera for its money. So what they're doing, uh, they're basically rebadging the, uh, cameras and other devices made by Xiaomi or Xiaomi. Uh, it's a Chinese vendor that is very big, has very high quality stuff. They basically mimic Apple in the design of their stuff. Uh, and it's very, uh, uh, one fact about this, uh, this brand is, uh, it's fake in China. So it's Chinese brand that is fake in China. That's how we know it's good stuff. Right? <laughs> uh, and what they do here is a California based company. They rebatch those products. Um, and they still keep the backend. So I believe it uses Alibaba cloud for your videos. If you are concerned about that. Uh, but for what it, what it, what it is, it's, uh, incredibly good value. So I agree with David on that. Um, uh, talking about like the baby cameras that are 200 bucks. Uh, this one is uh, $20 and does exactly the same thing. Um, uh, so there is that. Uh, I also have the, uh, SAB thermostat. Uh, and one of the reasons I bought that instead of mask was the integration with this and that and with, uh, Apple infrastructure. But again, I don't use it in automatic mode. I just tell uh, Siri, hey, it's cold. And she says, oh, baby, it's cold outside uh, in British accent. Because I have it in British accent. <clears throat> and it's also, and then I, um, yeah, so uh, that's how I use it, just not to go downstairs and turn on the temperature. Uh, and we, that's we've pretty got much it. In these COVID days, haven't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, no- I noticed no one mentioned Amazon and Alexa. I did. I did, use okay. Amazon. Yeah, the okay. routines. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm just about all Apple in the house. Sorry, Clayton. But but again, um, as far as the lighting perspective goes, no, no, nobody's okay. Nobody's perfect. I've got the uh, Philips Hue running. Uh, the lights all in the background here are off of a uh, Philips Hue. I, I wish a hub wasn't required, but yeah, a hub is required for for Philips because. The no hub would, would make that more extensible and get less less hardware, less heat in the house, less on the uh, utility bill. Uh, but I've got a lot of ring stuff, right? So I've got ring lights outside. I've got the ring doorbell in front and uh, the sun-driven ring in the backyard watching watching everything there. So it's, it's got a, a, a solar panel on it, right? So I don't have to charge it up or anything. So I've got the ring light back there charging all ring camera charging all of that um don't want to get too complex just like like you dave right i mean just just want to make it very easy i got the app running i've showed the kids how to do it if you want to turn the tv on want to turn the lights on and things like that just log into the app or tell siri to to, to do something but it's almost gotten to the point where it's no longer just a want Right. I mean, I, I think it's begun to the point where you, you actually need to have something like this in in your in your residence to, again, like watch your, your home. Folks are coming, dropping 
boxes off. You want to see what's happening. You want to make sure nobody's a porch pirate and grabbing your equipment. So you got to do that. That MyQ um, garage door opener, that's amazing. I've got, I've got mm-hmm. that too. So when you get your Apple Watch, there's a there's a compilation for the Apple Watch, and I'm out riding my bike. I can tell my Apple Watch to open the garage door as I turn the corner. That's That makes it all worthwhile right there. And it's, it, it was pretty cheap. It, it was... I think it was less than forty bucks, right? For for the yeah. whole setup, right? Which which was was pretty pretty nice. So, so Amazon Prime seventeen right now. <laughs> yeah. So, so everybody on this call has smart locks and a sounds like the garage door con- controller as well. Uh, you know, I was very hesitant to release my physical security into my integrated smart home. You know, so I'm I'm curious. Uh, you know, what was everybody else's feelings about that? Did you have no concerns there? Are you still concerned? What do you, how do you, how do you feel with, with uh, your connected doors? I don't, yeah, so I don't have my smart locks connected to any uh, system that you can communicate with. So, you know, you can't say Echo unlock the doors or anything along those lines. Uh, so I don't have it set up there. Uh, but yeah, I was... Uh, I was also a little skeptical on the smart locks. That's the only one that's not connected to anything but my smart things. So if I'm on the app, I can do stuff, but it's it's not really automating a whole lot. But I can check it anywhere in the world, and I've done that. I like where, that. You know, yeah. Somebody forgot their keys. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will say on the uh, the Alexa platform, what I love about that, and she just went Did off. she just woke uh, up? Yeah, yeah she, she just woke up. <laughs> We use it, you know, so the routines are cool, but we actually tell the, uh, we have routines that tell the kids what to do. And it's nice because we don't nag them anymore. So yeah. it's time to do your chores. It's time to do your homework. Um, you know, during the summer when we had COVID, where we're doing a lot of at-home schooling, it, it's time for lunch. It's time to jump on this. It's time to do your Spanish or, or whatever. So we used it for a lot of that. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on. It's it's 10 o'clock. It's time to start getting, you know, prepared for bed, that sort of stuff. You, yeah. I, I get in the background. There yeah, you go. He's supposed to be in bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been there for a while, just so you know, <laughs> if you didn't already realize that. Uh, but um, that's been awesome. And, you know, we're still very, you know, interactive from a parenting standpoint. But just to have those sort of things is it, something that's really nice. And sometimes they don't even, they're not thinking about it. You know, we were all that age, too where you're just busy playing video games, whatever. So then for that thing to pop up and say, attention, you know, whatever, Hey, have a great night or, you know, those sort of things. It's been pretty cool. I actually literally turn off the entire network uh, on school nights for the kids. Well, I don't do it for my daughter anymore. Okay. She's a college student. So she gets a little more <laughs> leeway, but, uh, but the young guy, uh, 11 o'clock, he, he's, uh, he has no access to anything except uh, maybe to stream some music. So he, Go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, we do the same. I was gonna say there's smarter ways of doing that now. We we use Google Family Link that allows us to, you know, set time limits. We can set time limits on specific apps and all that kind of good stuff. So it's it's pretty nice to be have a full control of that and not have to turn off the Wi Fi to get it done. Yeah. Here's okay. the thing though. Okay. So you mentioned something a little bit earlier that we didn't catch up on. The bad problem about smart home and everything that we're trying to do is think of how often it changes. So if there's a firmware update, that scares the heck out of me. I've heard of people where their Echobees have no longer working. So you've lost access to HVAC or they do a firmware update and you're not getting the same access that you used to. We used, uh, it was Disney Circle to do the same thing. 
And they decided to, uh, you have to get the new hub to continue moving on. And we just spent all this money, all this time to get everything set up. You're running it for like a year or two, controlling other times and everything. And all of a sudden, oh, you can't do that anymore. That's the downside to, to you know, this technology is firmware updates can break stuff. And then you're really stuck. You're on, you know, uh, forums like Clayton was saying, or it's just, it's outdated. And now what do you do? Yeah. Yeah, because you definitely don't want to go back and have to re-engineer or redeploy your whole solution. Uh, there's got to be yeah. some something that, to help you out uh, when you run into into those particular type of issues. Um, mm-hmm. Yvonne, I was going to talk about uh, you, you, you and Dave actually mentioned if this then that, and they actually launched an opportunity recently where you can actually upgrade to Pro, but you can name your own price. Right, so they're, they're they're trying to crowdsource folks of, of upgrading from the regular version up to this new pro release that they have. But they said, you know what? Upgrade to pro and name your own price. Now, me, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would I would obviously fund the uh, the, the development, but if, hey, if I get only fifty cents a month, there, buddy, I, uh, I'm cheap. Just say, check that out. So check out if this and that pro that they're still running that that opportunity where you can pick your plan standard versus pro. Yeah. Thank you. It's uh, it's actually a good point because I, uh, I'm actually using uh, one of the assets that uh, is fit in that, uh, to, uh, which basically grabs Twitter feed of any user or like overall Twitter feed and filters the keywords. And I just trying to understand how much it costs them to constantly pull Twitter. They have to host it somewhere, right? This, uh, mm-hmm. this applet that runs. And I was like, wow, they are doing that basically for free for millions of users. And the period is uh, like five minutes. So if I can do it like every 10 seconds, it will be much better. I would actually pay for that. But I tried to um, uh, write a Python script that does the same thing. And it works for me, but I have to keep it running. Uh, so I have to have my uh, cloud uh, dealing me constantly. So I would rather pay if this and that um, rather than do it myself. So it makes a good point. Gotcha, gotcha. So I see Taco Maniac four forty four on Twitch has a question. Feel free to type that in, and we will try to address it for you. But let's uh, let's move to the to the next topic and, and talk a little bit about DR right disaster recovery prep. Uh, again, timely, relevant topic of the day. Uh, I personally, again, unfortunately, have, have gone through a situation where you guys know I've, I've been affected by uh, the fires here in California, so uh, property is is gone. Um, but you know, outside of that, I think folks should prepare, be prepared for these types of things. Have a home in- inventory. Have some type of tool for backing up photos, and videos, and important documents. Um, whatever particular platforms, whatever particular services. I, I use a number. Um, so I've got every photo is saved at three locations. I've, I've got everything saved on iCloud, Amazon, and Google for the past, how old is my daughter? 18 years. So I've got every photo saved at those three locations, which which is fantastic. But you know, when, I, when I look at my parents, when I look at my in-law, in-laws and, and some of the uh, content that they have, we never got around to be, you know, backing up or saving some of that stuff. So when the fire happened, we lost a lot of uh, irreplaceable items. What do you, you guys use? And this time I'll, I'll start with, uh, we'll, we'll go backwards. I'll start with you, uh, Ivan. Uh, yeah, sure. So just uh, just like you, I'm using um, 
uh, iCloud because I standardized my um, home IT on Apple. Uh, so I use uh, obviously iCloud and uh, I also have a secondary destination, which is uh, Google Photos. I don't use Amazon. Uh, I think it's too much. Uh, three destinations. Uh, all the uh, algorithms, they know a lot about, about us already. So I'm not giving that to Amazon. Uh, but uh, what I also use, I use Apple Time Capsule, which unfortunately they don't yeah. make anymore. Yeah. But you can get it on eBay while uh, while they're still uh, still out there. And actually, if you use uh, if you use uh, uh, Apple, I highly recommend you get it. And I understand it's an old technology, right? So um, my time capsule is only like two terabytes, and it uses Wi-Fi eight zero two AC which is already old, right? So there are newer standards, but still it's pretty mighty. It has three antennas inside. So it can basically, I wouldn't say triangulate you, but it can form a beam towards your device. So if you want to stream your entire screen to your Apple TV, it works in 1080p. Um, I don't think it works in 4K, but it works in uh, 1080p. And that's enough for me. Uh, it's a seven-year-old product. I bought it back, like, way back. And it still works flawlessly, and it actually saved me uh, many, many times. And yeah. I get that there is iCloud, and Apple has to sell uh, sell their cloud capacity. But still, if you can find, if you have uh, uh, Apple ecosystem at home, and if you can find that um, um, uh, time capsule device uh, either on eBay or somewhere else, I would say get it uh, because you're. Uh, it's important to have at least one. A copy of data locally, right? So yeah. if your primary data goes down, yeah, you can recover from the cloud, but who knows, right? Now you have your time capsule, you can just grab it with you. Uh, and it's much better than having a hard drive, I'm telling you that, because it's completely transparent, right? So for example, what happens if I take in the picture of my, uh, on my iPhone, uh, I get home, it synchronizes with my, uh, with my uh, MacBook Pro, and then it goes to the cloud, uh, it goes to uh, iCloud, goes to uh, Google Cloud, but it also automatically goes to the uh, time capsule. So that, I think, is uh, my, would be my ideal setup. And I'm not sure what uh, Apple is trying to do here uh, by discontinuing the, the, uh, the product. And I get they have to sell cloud, uh, but I think it's important to have a local copy of data. Uh, so if you guys know uh, what's uh, the strategy for those who have uh, uh, who have Apple, let me know. Yeah. Now you mentioned time capsule, and I'm for every time you say that, I'm thinking of time machine. But but you say right. you don't have a physical hard drive because I always had those those old boxy Western Digital drives, right, sitting on USB drive sitting on my desk. You're talking something slightly different. So time capsule is the name of the device, right? So this device combines. Um, uh, basically, it combines the target for time machine and the wireless access point and the router all okay. in one. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's managed by uh, native tools within iPhone. There's an app uh, called Airport Utility, I believe. And then there's the same built-in tool in Mac. So that's how you manage this device. Uh, but uh, what you can do, uh, you can uh, use it as a target for time machine in Apple. Okay which I believe is now uh, also discontinued, if I'm not mistaken. So they are not developing new versions of Time Machine. 
and it actually saved me uh, uh, quite a lot of time. Uh, so what Time Machine does is uh, basically an incremental backup. Uh, so it uh, takes the full backup, which is basically copying all, all of your files at once, uh, and it takes a couple of hours to transfer it over uh, Wi-Fi, but because they use uh, high-speed Wi-Fi, uh, the AC standard, it's, uh, it's actually not, not that long. So, uh, but then every uh, 15 or 20 minutes, and you can actually uh, change that uh, parameter, it takes the snapshots. And so all these assistant backups are just the snapshots, right? Uh, so this okay. is called incremental backups. And then you can roll back to uh, uh, any point of time uh, with, uh, let's say, 15 minutes increments. And for me, that's enough. So once, for example, I lost very important financial data that I had, like, oh man, what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna uh, call, uh, it was in Canada, so I'm gonna call CRA, Canada Revenue Agency, and be on the phone for several times, and then I have to redo the whole thing again. It was very complicated tax return that I had. Uh, and uh, it basically took me like the whole week to put it together. Um, and uh, I I restored from uh, from time capsule in uh, in several minutes. I actually uh -huh. forgot, that, forgot that it exists because it's so seamless. Right, so you don't even have to set anything up uh, except basically pressing one button when you uh, set up the time capsule. And uh, the the, and, okay. Yeah, and at the same time, you can uh, you can use it as NAS. So, for example, if I have okay. a uh, movie file, for example, I can just put it there, and then from Apple TV, I can uh, use uh, uh, video LAN player VLC and just open that file uh, directly from uh, from the NAS device, directly from the time capsule. Uh, and I tried many setups. So before buying time, time capsule, uh, I got the um, uh, very um, interesting router. Uh, I believe I what I did, I installed, so I bought the, uh, the router, it was called Nighthawk. Um, I forgot what manufacturer it was. Netgear, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was it. But I didn't stop there. I installed the uh, firmware called DDWRT, which is basically an open source firmware for the router. So you can modify it any way you want. And uh, by doing that, you can, uh, you can also install the component that can serve as a target for time capsule. Okay. And it never worked. It never worked. Uh, I, I gave up. After two months, I just returned the, the freaking thing and I got myself a time capsule and I didn't know a problem ever since. So, uh, yeah, if uh, I highly recommend this, uh, this product, I'm not sure why Apple made this decision. Honestly, I have no idea. I think it's one of their best products they ever created, uh, together with iPod, uh, so, sorry, with AirPod. Um, but it's discontinued, so get it while you can. Well, they, they swear they know what you need before you know you need it. So, um, you know, like. So you don't need it anymore, is what they're saying. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's time to upgrade and move on. Dave, what about you? Are you are you using any disaster recovery preparation tools, yeah. utilities, and platforms? Well, I would be uh, remiss to say that, well, if I didn't, there would be a problem. I came from the data protection side of the house. And <laughs> that, spent that, a lot that was of time a softball. <laughs> So what I've done is, and I, I was going to go with the time capsule route and they had discontinued it. It was kind of like the original mess network 
before mesh networks got really popular. So yeah, it was weird that they discontinued that. And that's when I went with Unify and everything. But um, for disaster recovery, very much believe in that. And I can't tell you how many friends and family that have lost, um, you know, a lot of their stuff. So the approach that we've taken is everything is stored on a NAS. So we have a QNAP NAS, Network Attached Storage Device, that we have in the house. So um, we've got that. It's set up with RAID and mirror. So, you know, if something messes up on the RAID, I've got a mirror and I've got other hard drives that it goes to. So it's from that perspective, it's pretty well set. So anything that's important is stored on there. We've digitized everything. So uh, obviously with digital photos, it's a lot easier. But all the other photos that we had before, uh, we went through and taken a scanner. And it just takes time. You scan everything in uh, that's important. VCR tapes, um, uh, eight millimeter tapes, all of that's been completely digitized. Um, so I've got everything now stored on that NAS. And anything that's on a computer, I'm still backing up, even though we use the NAS for everything that's important, but I use uh, external hard drives that connect to it. I use Time Machine for my Mac stuff. Um, we you know, obviously have some PCs around, so um, I use native tools for that. Depending on what it is, you know, sometimes I use like Sync Toy. Um, I used to use that, which is like an R-Sync type of tool for Windows, whatever, uh, R-Sync it up to uh, the NAS. But yeah, so everything's stored on there, RAID, mirrored, and we're set. Now, here's the problem. What if something happens kind of like your situation where, you know, something happens to the house? So that's the, yeah. the next part uh, that I'm going to be moving to. And I did a lot of research on the different cloud vendors, and I think I'm – Probably going to go with Dropbox. It's okay. I I do like a lot of the other tools that are out there, whether it's Google or Amazon or you have you know iCloud, uh, Microsoft, all these different things. But for the money, uh, I think it's um, it's like ten bucks a month for two terabytes. I think that's that's enough for me to move stuff up there, and I like Dropbox because you're not tied to an ecosystem or anything along those lines. You can access it from any device. So I'll probably do that as a uh, kind of my tertiary uh, backup just to make sure that if anything were to ever happen, it's all set. So, yeah, you got it pulled up right there. So it's for me, I think that's probably the best of everything. So I've got the house cover. If a device goes down, no issues. If my NAS goes down, I've got things mirrored. So I'm set there. I can recover. But now the next thing is just getting stuff moved up out of the house just in case because you never know. Yeah, that's true. That is something that is very true. You brought up a, a question or your statement about photos. And have you heard of the Google Photo Scan app? Uh, I have. So here's my concern is when you're doing any sort of scanning, I want it to be the best quality that it can be so that if I need to do prints or those sort of things, um, mm-hmm. I can definitely, um, you know, spin it out from there and have high quality. So when I do my, I have an Epson scanner. When I've done scans, it's, these are big files, the, you know, for a picture. So uh, I, it's great though. It's a great product for, for people who don't care about that necessarily, just want to have yeah. a backup of their photos. It's yeah. awesome. So, so highly recommend that. Awesome. Good stuff. Rhonda Scott says she's a, a fan of Dropbox as well. Gotta love that. Clayton, what about you, sir? I, I know you've got something there in the, in the fortress. <laughs> I don't have anything that's important enough to back up. Yes, you do. <laughs> so um, I'm, 
I share a little bit in common with, with all you guys there. So, uh, you know, but I'm going to start off with some of the physical. Um, I, I actually have a fireproof safe in the house that I keep a lot of stuff in. So yeah. I, 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 I used to do a safety deposit box at the bank, right. To, to keep a lot of right. those documents that I didn't ever want to have to replace. Uh, but I switched to credit unions recently and it was impossible to get a new, uh, Safety deposit box. So I bought a fire safe and I keep most of that in there, but I also keep digital copies of everything. So like Dave, you know, I, I scan them and I save everything out to, uh, to Google drive. And the thing I like about Google drive is, you know, just like most of these, these solutions, you can have a client on your, on your computer, right? Where it backs up just that folder or whatever you specify. So I don't have to worry about manually backing it up and things like that. So, um, the other thing that I like about, uh, Google Drive is the photos, right, that you take with your with your phone. As long as you're using the Google Photos app, you get that automatic backup there to the cloud so you don't have to worry about, um, you know, space on your phone yeah. or space, space on your laptop, things like that. So uh, the downside, like Dave was talking about, is it's only standard resolution, but I'm not taking photos that I just absolutely have to keep in high <laughs> resolution on, on, on my camera phone. Um, so I, I could probably stand to use um, a little bit more redundancy in what I'm doing, uh, but uh, then again, most of the stuff that I have saved out there, the vast majority of it isn't that critical or not replaceable. So um, the, I do have, uh, you know, I've been debating getting a home NAS. Uh, I've, I've got about uh, 600 terabytes of, of, of video that uh, I, I have running on my home media server that wow. I've been de- debating about. Uh, did I say, say did I say terabytes? Sorry about that. You, you did. That's the real deal. You, you I'm, got so, some... I'm, I'm so used to talking about terabytes. <laughs> I have about 600 gigabytes worth of, of video there. That, uh, That's still decent, though. Yeah, yeah, um, but it, so it, it's big enough that I don't want to pay to back it up somewhere to the cloud because it's not exactly again something that I couldn't replace if I had to. Uh, but I, it's just running on a single, uh, you know, I hate to admit it, seventy-two hundred RPM drive uh, that uh, I, I should probably have a little bit of redundancy somewhere there, at, le- at least a RAID configuration within that box, but not a not a high priority yet. So, okay. uh, do you have? Um and I forgot what my, my question was. God, oh, Drobo. Does it, is Drobo still out there? You guys remember Drobo as, as the NAS? That was actually a, a yeah. company that had a lot of redundancy. Yeah, so I had an HP Media Vault initially, and that one, I had it, um, it was it had its own proprietary RAID. That actually yeah. crapped out on me. I And okay. that oh. that's why mirroring was so important, because I thought a NAS will never go out. It's got RAID, and it was set and uh, it took me forever to figure out a way to get that data off of there. But I was looking at Drobo back then mm-hmm. um, and QNAP just to all of the available um, things that you can do on it. You can use it as a media server. You can use it as a target for iTunes. Uh, there was just a lot of stuff that you could do with it. I, I decided to go with that. But yeah, Drobo was a, a great device as well. Okay. Good stuff. Well, we'd be remiss again uh, for this final topic if we didn't talk about it. Today, as we kind of started out, it was a busy day on the consumer electronics side. Amazon Prime Day started, which is weird because it's two days. It's today and tomorrow. Along with that, Mr. Tim Cook gets on stage and releases or announces some, some brand new mobile technology, which, yeah, we'll talk about that too. But I, 
The one thing that I feel uh, that I see that is interesting is yet those two big giants doing something, launching sales, saying, come shop with me. And you got Target sneaking in, too. And they're and they're doing their their deal days 2020, as they call it. So everyone's trying to get in because we're, we're, we're locked in our houses. You can't go anywhere. It's, it's a completely different. If the mall is open in your area, you, half of the people can go in or you know, whatever the case may be. So order it online, get it sh- shipped to you. I, Walmart may be doing something as well. And I mean, such a, such a large retailer. Did anyone pick up something and put it in their cart today from Amazon Prime Day? I'll just throw it out there. I don't know if it's because it's 2020 and it's just 2020. I was just really underwhelmed with everything that came out. And maybe we shouldn't be like that or we're spoiled. I don't know. It seems like <laughs> I think this year we needed it to be big. We needed something like just next level change just to bring our spirits up. And I didn't see it. Um, of course I'm getting the Apple watch six. I've been trying to get it locally. You know that James, but I'm yeah. just going to do it. That, and that's not you know part of the Apple event, but that was a recently announced thing. I will end up getting the Apple, uh, the iPhone 12 um, just because, you know, it is what it is, but. No, which uh, one? Which, because there, there were four that were allowed. So, so which one are you particularly looking at? Yeah, Clayton, you can put your uh, headphones or your, your earmuffs back on for all this. It's going to be boring. Yeah, and, and don't look uh, at the screen because I'm sharing screens. Don't, don't, look, don't even just tune out. So I, I will say this. I, I The Max is awesome. You know, the, the screen size is great. The, the Pro's got some great features. But for what I need it for, I'm just going to get the 12, just the basic 6.1, you know, kind of that lower end one. Um, it's got everything I need. I don't need a telephoto lens. It's got the wide and ultra wide and it's going to do more than I need. So, uh, you know, I'll probably go with that one. I don't need the mini. Um, so that's probably the one I'm going to go with, but I was just really underwhelmed with their announcements today. It just wasn't great. It, it's, you know, we're going to do this and we've got the new home pod mini. Awesome. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, cause you know, cause I've got Sonos all throughout the house as well. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing compares to Sonos. I mean, I mean, that should, that's really the, you know, at the top of the mountaintop, Apple should have bought Sonos back in the day. And I mean, yeah. that really is the home audio, home theater setup with its own network and just incredible sound. But HomePod Mini, yeah, you can buy two, make it stereo. But yeah, it, it wasn't, the price is decent. For for Apple, the price yeah. is decent at only $99, right? Because you, you wouldn't expect something under, under, three, under three digits to be coming out of an Apple, but Ninety nine bucks was was not bad at all, but I I feel the same way. I wasn't too compelling. I will be pre ordering the twelve Pro when uh, that happens on the sixteenth, and then hopefully going to try to pick it up. Now, what about the twelve Pro? Just because you can say you have the twelve Pro, is there actually some reason? Well, I, I like the size as well, and uh, I, I take advantage of that uh, telephoto lens. Okay, I mean uh, when. When the world opens up and we can do some more traveling, I think I will find a, a use for that. Uh, LiDAR scanner is okay, is great. I don't see myself using that really that much, but I, I just think that 6.1 inch diagonal and the fact that it has all of those, uh, all of those cameras, that, that's, what, that's what's compelling to me. What do you have now, James? I've got the e, the 11 Pro. I did. I don't have the Max because the, the Max is just ridiculous. It's too big, right? I, I you can't fit in your pocket. I, I go to the gym and it, it's just bad. So I 6.1 is perfect size. I, I actually think the Mini at 5.4 is 
that small candy bar size is, is too small. Um, maybe it's just because my eyes are getting bad as, as, as I, <laughs> as I age a little bit. So I, I need just a little bit bigger of a screen, but, uh, right size on the, on the 12 pro and right uh, functionality. Yeah. I, uh, I also have, uh, 11 pro and I actually can't see myself using any of the feature sets we're announced today. To the point to to justify the upgrade, right? It's it's mm-hmm. so nice, but uh, I also have telephoto lens. The, the the new uh the new release is better, right? Better features, and you for the wide angle, you can use all the advanced features and this computational photography, uh, which they improved. Uh, but I'm sure if it's worth, uh, if it is worth extra. Four hundred, I believe. Now, if I sell my current one, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, so people have been saying that the uh, average upgrade cycle now is uh, uh, not two, but uh, three or more years. Really? So probably I'm gonna go. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, mm. that's that's true. So the average upgrade cycle, which is actually a major problem for Apple as a company, uh, has now significantly increased. Right. 5G could be that uh, that feature that uh, mm-hmm. that moves phones, right? But but now uh, everyone is locked um, in homes. I'm not sure if you're gonna use 5G, and uh, uh, many people don't understand that 5G came uh, came in different flavors, right? You have yeah. your regular 5G and the actual 5G uh, that uh, uh, that uses the millimeter wave. You know the ones that uh, causes COVID nineteen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the one why everyone yeah. was burning the towers. You know the, the exactly. Cell towers. So, exactly. Yeah. exactly. So <laughs> that uh, frequency range would not be available for a long time. And even now, if you look at the coverage map, it's only like few blocks. Uh, I know in Los Angeles, it's only a few blocks in downtown. I haven't been in downtown for maybe eight months. So. For me, buying this iPhone just to go to a couple of blocks in DTLA and testing this out, yeah, yeah. it's awesome. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not so sure about uh, about that feature being a competitive differentiation uh, that would just force people to to upgrade. Not not enough at the wrong time because again, society has halted. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. Dave. There's just not enough compelling reason. I, I'm actually more impressed. So this is for you, Clayton. I'm actually more impressed with what what the Android ecosystem is delivering. Right? You've got Samsungs and you got the LG with the multiple screens and the. Uh, he just thing. jumped up inside with a yeah, little yeah, 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 yeah. excited. Look at the smile on his face. Look at this guy glowing, right? Oh my gosh, right? But hey, that's so. That's where I'm seeing more innovation from a mobile technology perspective, right? I mean the. Google Pixel with the stock Android, and with that one, when you save the Google Photos, it's it's in full resolution. But yeah, the LG and the Samsung, uh, those those are pretty compelling devices. James, uh, we I, just got widgets. Come on, man, look, I, I had this conversation last week, and yeah, the the widgets. Oh my gosh, it's close. It's close. Not, we're, we're not there just yet. I, I have Google every, I have Google everything else, but I actually have a Windows phone. I'm still running an old Windows 10. Wait a minute, what? Wow. No, no, you know what? That does not surprise <laughs> me at all, Clayton, actually. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. So I, 
I do like Android generally speaking, but you know, it's not without its issues, right? You know, in terms of Samsung's got their own little overlay that they yeah. put on yeah. on Android, right? And then they, then they release things like Bigsby, which is their digital assistant, yeah. but I've already got the Google assistant, so why do I need both? And it just it in some respects it, it it introduces a lot of complexity that's not really needed, but then again, it's not Apple's way or the highway, and that's why I like Google over Apple generally because you have more flexibility and control over what you want to do uh where, you know. But I have to give Apple props because of that route to market that they want to control everything, you know, you control that end user experience. And that's what most people want. You know, you talk about all these different features and things at the end of the day, people just want a phone that works the way they expect it to work. Right. And I think, I think Apple does a pretty good job of doing that, but it comes at a price premium and a flexibility premium. So I was actually going to take this further and uh, just uh, saying that Apple, um, I think Apple actually diverted from the original direction because they started with just one phone, one color, one screen yeah, size. You don't get any any other choice, and I think that's what people want. People do not want choice; they want that they want one product that just works, right? So you don't have to spend hours on the website trying to buy something, try to configure memory size or screen size or color. That's one phone for you. That's all you get. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously thinking that uh, it, it's a mistake from from their side. But sorry, go on. You'll hate me for that, but go on. <laughs> no, I was gonna say Clayton will like this. I actually loved Android, but what I loved about it, I hated about it. There's so much that you can do, and being technical, folks. I was tinkering with that thing. I was doing all sorts of customization. I was spending way too much time yep. on the phone. Uh, and I said, I, I got to stop this. So that's why I actually went back to Apple's because I said, I, I'm spending way too much time on this device that, uh, you know, I should be spending doing other stuff. Yeah, because all, all the manufacturers out there, they're, they're trying to put their own software tweaks on it to make it compelling. And at the end of the day, it's kind of ridiculous because stock Android, in my opinion, does a pretty good job of all this. I don't need a different camera app and a different photo app and everything that's basically does the same thing, but is, is Samsung branded. It's kind of like infotainment systems and cars, right? They all spend a lot of time and money developing their own pri- uh, proprietary system. And then you go plug in your phone and you're not even using their system. You're using right. Android auto or Apple CarPlay, you know? So at, at some point they need to stop wasting their, their money and just, just support what the phones do. And, Call it good for a day. That's that's my opinion. Are you on the current version of uh, of Android? Because because Apple folks, we we tend to stay on the most current release. But that the the Android ecosystem fluctuates. You know, you've, you've got depending on the manufacturer. What about you? So you 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 personally are you, are you bleeding edge, leading edge? I take whatever Samsung's on, right? I don't really have much control over it, so. Uh, you know, if you have a Google Pixel, you're usually getting that update, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, when it comes out. But when you're on, say, Samsung on Verizon, like this phone is, I have to wait for Samsung to do their own internal testing. Verizon has to do their testing. Right. And I'm six months to a year and a half behind, depending on how fast they want to push that through, whether they push it, you know, and that's if they even push it through or not, right? Meaning, meaning you know, at some point, I'm not getting updates anymore, and it's probably a shorter update lifespan than maybe Apple supports. Because I mean, we're talking about 
most Android phones get updated for about two years and then they're, then they're cut off. So what's, how's that compared to Apple's lifespan? Yeah. How, how long do they support it? I don't, I don't know. Several years. Long Several time. years. Yeah. yeah. I actually, you guys may find, how I find this hard to believe, but I have an Apple iPhone four somewhere in my office. I just don't know where it is. Find it. <laughs> I was looking find for it. it. Was like, like I got, I got all these. It's what, keeps us, here, but. it's what keeps his table steady. He has it under one of his. Actually, tables. I had to use it when I was setting up some of my smart home stuff because some versions of Android do not like it if you connect to a Wi-Fi without internet access. It's like, oh, there's no internet access, so you don't want to be connected to this. So, it, so it automatically disconnects and tries to find a different Wi-Fi network to connect to. So, a lot of my systems, because they're not hub-based, they're Wi-Fi-based you connect directly to them to set them up. But then the phone, like I said, it craps out and says, oh, you don't want this and disconnect. So you can't <laughs> walk through the device setup. So when I open up a ticket with support, they're like, well, do you have an iPhone? <laughs> like, <laughs> like somewhere. <No. laughs> and, and, and what was it, that old like 14 pin connector or whatever, the big wide one? You know, I was like, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, I got the phone. I don't know if I can find the charger for it. But I did eventually yeah. find it and I did go through the setup and it worked just fine. And that was actually a ubiquity product uh, believe it or not that went through that uh, that mm. i had a challenge with back when i was setting up my amplify hd mesh network back in the day so yeah. i love that so before i lose my uh, amazon prime membership i will say there was some really good stuff on there but you have it's stuff that for me i uh, i already had everything so if you want to buy Am- if you're into amazon ecosystem the dots, everything's always super cheap, right? So if you want to do rain, if you're doing anything that Amazon owns, it's a good opportunity. Um, you know, some cases it's actually cheaper than Black Friday. Uh, yeah. But there were some good deals. They had a Bose QC35 twos for like $199. That's, that's not a bad deal. Uh, they had the MyQ Garage uh, hub that we've been talking about. It's still yeah. up, I believe, for 17 bucks. And it's normally when, 40. When, when did it get to be so cheap? Because when I bought my garage door hub the 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 myq was still like 120 bucks or something i thought oh wow because yeah, I, I i bought some generic one it's called go go gate <laughs> and it's well, a, that's and a problem it, right there that there's a problem right there <laughs> it, it works it works better than my last controller through iris which i had to put on a smart plug that automatically turned it off every night because if i left it on for more than a day or two it wouldn't work anymore so i had to put it on a smart outlet to power cycle it every day so it kept working Look at that, sixteen ninety eight. Yeah, that's insane. I think that's that's less than what I paid for the generic GoGo Gate. That's really good. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good yeah. one. And like I said, the Bose uh, headphones. The uh, like I said, if you're into the anything in the Amazon ecosystem that they own, it's always dirt cheap. And then the um, they had some August locks. So I think, uh, Yvonne, were you talking about you need to get some new locks? <laughs> There yeah, uh, there you yeah. go. So August. My, my strategy on uh, Prime Day is actually not do not buy anything on Amazon Prime <laughs> itself, but look at the other stores because as somebody uh, noticed that everyone is trying to chime in and do the same uh, the same uh, sales uh, type of stuff. So, for example, Harman Kardon now sells their four hundred fifty dollar Onyx speaker for hundred bucks for hundred bucks. Uh, and then uh, there are many other uh, very good deals for headphones. So I saw some Bose was on sale uh, for like 70, 70% off or something like that. Uh, the noise canceling ones, the uh, 
-hmm. over the year ones and there are some sound sound bars so for that i go to sleekdeals.net um which is a uh, kind of the forum or aggregator of uh, all the deals but there's also a good uh plugin it's actually a website called triple camel 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 camel.com i'm not sure if you guys heard of it it actually has a uh, plugin for uh, for all browsers so you can click on the button uh, when you are on uh, amazon product page and you can see all the price history and you can understand if the deal you're seeing is actually a deal or not and in many yeah. cases on, on, on prime days on the stuff that is not owned by amazon it's not a deal it's like a usual price so they hike it up and then they will rate uh, uh sorry lower it uh just like on the prime just day make it look like to, a good deal yeah, yeah, yeah. The deal. so uh <laughs> if you don't like plugins just go to camel camel camel.com and uh, just paste the url of the amazon product it will show you all the price history for the product how do you find this stuff and more importantly how do you say camel 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 Camel, face. camel, camel. Yeah, it's triple camel. No, no, <laughs> how do you say no it clue. The street, man? <laughs> no, no Yeah. A free Amazon price tracker. Our free Amazon price tracker monitors millions of products and alerts you when prices drop, helping you decide when to buy. My goodness. Yeah, and you can also set alerts, right? So if you want, for example, buy a Roomba, uh, you can set an alert for hundred bucks, and uh, maybe in twenty years you can buy a Roomba for hundred bucks. <laughs> awesome. Well, fellas, thank you very much. Today, tonight has been a good show, right? We, I think, we we covered a lot of great information, uh, irregardless of, of just the sales. But camel, camel, camel is 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 something that I'm going to probably bookmark to see if if it's real. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> talking about home automation, talking about disaster recovery preparation, things that folks really need to probably take into consideration and the the, the range of offerings that are out there, right? Again, you don't have to be locked into one ecosystem, but there's some pretty quality products out there that can do what you need to do. If you're just trying to turn the lights off, if you're just trying to set some music, uh, if you're trying to turn on the uh, the air conditioning, whatever the case may be, uh, it, it's very simple. It's very not very simple, but it's pretty straightforward now, right? It can be complex at times, but uh, there's something out there for everyone. Uh, I'll go around the table. Start with uh, you, Clayton. What you got, sir? You got anything in closing? No, I think uh, I think I agree with you that there's a, there's a smart home product out there for whatever you're wanting to do, um, and there, there there's probably ten, right? <laughs> so uh, I think un- understanding what you want to do with it, and then how you want to control it are probably some of the two biggest things. Um, and then you also got to worry about how are you going to connect it, right? Do you want to do you want to have all these different hubs? You want to go Wi-Fi, and also keep security in mind as, as well. Like I asked about the smart home locks, even though we have the garage door and our front door on smart locks we still have that physical lock that you know it's it, it's not connected so um those are just a lot of things to consider when somebody's buying into the into that ecosystem so Yvonne, what about you sir i would say uh don't try to over automate stuff and don't try to jump mm. on the deals all right so today it was uh, it was quite a busy day for me uh, for work, and then I also tried to watch all this uh, stuff and look at the deals, and like all at the same time, and I was uh, a bit overwhelmed. So I actually was so tired by the end of the day. Uh, you took a nap. I 
Yeah, I took a nap. I actually, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I went to the beach and I took a nap on the beach. You, you are living that good life, everybody. I took a nap on the beach at uh, just before our call. <laughs> <laughs> so don't don't try to over automate stuff and don't try to uh, chase all of those deals because I'm telling you, in two months you're gonna see those new iPhones for 200 bucks off. That's how I bought mine a year ago. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah don't try to jump on it on day zero like uh, everybody else is trying to. That's a good point. I won't listen, but that's a good point. <laughs> Dave, what about you, sir? I would say, um, you know, for anybody that's interested in some of this stuff and, you know, haven't made the jump, just start with something small. It is addicting. So once you start getting into it, you'll find that you want to do more and more. Uh, But figure out why you want to do it and start there. And there's some unbelievable technology that enables people to connect with family members in a way that we never had the opportunity to before, even five years ago. So, um, you know, you can use this technology to be very much interactive with your family, both at home. A lot of people are using this technology to uh, keep an eye on their loved ones, uh, some of the older loved ones and that sort of thing. Uh, so it's awesome technology. Don't be afraid of it. Just jump in there and choose something, start out small, something easy. Uh, and don't, don't be fearful. You'll find any, you know, you're going to find people that, uh, that can help you out that can definitely do that. So you don't need to go as in depth as, as we do it. Uh, necessarily, but, um, you know, at least not at first, but just have fun with it. Just enjoy it. it. It's, it is life altering when you realize what we really have at our fingertips. And we talk about automation and different things like that. And I, I will say the, um, if you haven't started doing any sort of protection at home, do it. You just never know. And you don't want to ever think of the worst, but stuff happens. Um, and that's the last thing you want to do is say, I wish I had have listened to those guys and did something um, because you just never know. So definitely do that. Digitize your, your home movies while I can. I had to borrow a VCR. I was so thankful. <laughs> I came across a couple additional tapes. So um, get all that stuff digitized, have fun with it and um, you know, enjoy it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I definitely agree with all of that. I'm, I, I do need to find a VCR myself, but um <laughs> You guys, appreciate you again. Thank you for a very good show. We will talk to you soon. Have a good night. Uh, enjoy yourselves and enjoy your families. All right? All right, everybody. Cheers. Have a good night.